0: Welcome to another episode of This Is My Generation, a podcast full of information for parents in the early years of homeschooling who are seeking clarity and encouragement to get through the uncertainty of homeschooling and build a thriving education for their family. I'm Dr. Melanie Bisson, the founder and owner of Generation, a company transforming education for the six plus million parents now paving their own educational path for their kids, the next generation. We do this through our group coaching program, Harvest, where parents sow seeds of clarity in their vision and goals, reap the fruits that come from being aligned in your approach and programs, stay rooted in empowerment, and thrive together in community. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore This Is My Generation. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today and continuing to tune in. This is episode... Well, shoot. (laughs) I moved something around because of Dr. Katie's availability. Um, Please pray for her as well um, and her family. Um, But it's episode 10. Yes, it's episode 10. It was planned to be episode 11. Um, And it's a topic that has sort of been on demand, I guess you can say. And I'm excited to talk about it because, well, I'm excited to talk about it, but also a little stressed, I, I think I should say. Because I want to empower without burdening and, you know, like ignite some excitement without suffocating others, if that makes sense, when it comes to working and homeschooling. And so whether or not like you're in the decision-making process about that, or you're like myself and you're in it and you're a little overwhelmed. Um, Because in all honesty, like working from home and homeschooling in this generation can feel like both many times in the same day. And it's like a question and topic that comes up a lot. And one that I've reflected on countless times as I've embarked on my own homeschooling journey. So, you know, again, whether it's you yourself You're considering it for yourself. You're already in it. Like, I I hope this episode has something for everyone. So I would say that I usually encounter some type of silence awkwardly uh, when a potential new friend or someone finds out that I own a business, teach at a university, and homeschool. And whether it's like disbelief or condemnation or both, I'm not quite sure, but I'm intimately familiar with the challenges and I'm only five weeks in, officially five, six, something like that. It has to be for sustainable for us. Like I know it's the path that God has put us on and my husband is on board and we've set initial plans, but it is tiring. And I do think it's different today than in the 1960s 60s, uh, when John Holt wrote about single homeschooling mothers and their success stories. And I, I'll never forget that going through my dissertation process. And that really started to plant the seed with me more than what God had already been doing in terms of like, okay, like I can do this. It is doable and not to play the comparison game and, and all of those things. And, you know, I think today, like just having all the rapid fire communication and, and all of the different signals and stressors and, and just sort of that 24 seven response and all those triggers, like it just has a way of um, making the mental load a lot different, I think, than it was then. And, and we all know that to some extent. So the main challenge, I I think then as a working homeschool parent, you know, there's lack of time, right? Finding enough hours in the day to just cover both work and homeschooling. There's the overwhelm and the pressure of fulfilling both roles simultaneously. That can be stressful. There's isolation. You know, parents are, are worrying about feeling isolated from the professional world or social circles in the homeschooling world or both. You know, I know I feel this when I have to say no to a play date because I built my my work around our homeschool schedule for the week. And there's also guilt and the sense of doubt about whether you're doing enough for your child's education or career. Um, You know, and there's a lot of, there's a whole slew of practical tips that I've gathered myself and anecdotally, but most of all, I find the balancing act comes down to mindset. And we talk about this a lot in our harvest program. And, you know, so you might ask like, well, why are we always talking about these mindset shifts? Right? Like, um, I do sort of chuckle like I'm sensing a a valuable theme. But, you know, things like embracing the flexibility of homeschooling and working from home, allowing for adjustments as needed. You know, these things mean letting go of others' expectations and trusting yourself enough to set your goals and objectives properly. And that's not a one-time thing. Like these mindset shifts, they don't happen immediately. They don't necessarily happen rapidly. Um, Maybe some parts do and maybe other parts take a very long time. You know, identifying and prioritizing the realistic expectations for both work and homeschooling and giving yourself grace when things need to slow down or change, having self-compassion, being kind to yourself and understanding that it's okay to seek help or make changes when necessary, Um, advocating for what we need. Like these things aren't easy. And, you know, the saying that like misery loves company, it really like it stops there. It doesn't go on to say misery loves company and makes everything better in the end. And we've got to engage like our our kids in that discussion as well about our work commitments and our homeschooling plans and fostering that sense of teamwork and really getting them involved. And, And that collaboration is tough to balance out, but it's essential. And all of that, those are all mindset shifts. And that's what it comes down to. And, you know, I think it's like, well, you know, Dr. Mel, there's so much I need to fix in myself first. You know, like going through all those things, embracing flexibility, advocating for what we need, having self-compassion, all that stuff. Like, oh, well, I gotta work on myself first. Like, how am I ever gonna be ready for working in homeschooling? And I think that's a million dollar question, right? And for me, it comes down to setting realistic expectations. And one of the best quoted phrase I ever heard was disappointment comes from misaligned expectations. And that's the notion that like projects or large tasks don't fail at the end, they fail at the beginning. And if you're expecting to be the homeschool mom who works 30 to 40 hours a week and handling schedules, and household duties, and prepping children's activities, well, volunteering at the co-op and working out regularly, then you're likely setting yourself up to fail from the beginning. And I know from experience that you can either do a few things really well. Or do pretty good with everything for a little while and then burn out big time with a slew of feelings like shame and disappointment. And, you know, yes, you can work and homeschool, but it begins with setting the right goals and expectations, knowing your limitations and really blocking out the noise. So, excuse me, when it comes to homeschooling and working from home, I, I think establishing routines is like crafting a finely tuned schedule. Maybe that sounds a little bit like the same thing, but I just kind of want to walk through some tips to help create a structured day that actually accommodates both the work commitments and homeschooling. And we'll walk through these practical tips and then I've got some testimonies and insights from parents and then we'll wrap it up. Like, because this isn't one of those things that I can just give you, well, none of these episodes and these things are like, truly big prescriptive type things. I mean, setting the educational philosophy, like, well, I can't choose one for you. Like that's a very prescriptive framework, right. That I've developed. But when it comes to like wearing two hats, having one home, navigating this homeschooling and work, like you know yourself best, but I think when you can really hear from others well and get outside of just the no context, I'm going to rapid fire, know, my opinion on Facebook type thing, it it just helps you get grounded in that decision making. So one of the most effective strategies, you know, like this first sort of practical tip I like to talk about is time blocking. And it's really just simply dedicating specific chunks of time to different tasks. And I always preface like, we think we do these things. And then when you actually go through the exercise, you're like, oh, all right, maybe I'm not so great at it. Maybe it needs work. Maybe I'm too good at it. And that's taking a lot of the joy away from things. You know, so for example, you designate your mornings for focused work tasks and afternoons for homeschooling sessions. And it sounds simple, but the slightest things can get us off track, right? And distractions are plentiful. Like my version of this is called power planning. And it's a tool I have from a coaching program that I'm a member of. And for me, it's important to start my scheduling with clean rest. And so I block time when I'm not working on the business and not doing homeschool activities or prep, like for a co-op or something related to that. And this could be simple walks with the boys, an evening movie with my husband, or literally just like doing nothing but hanging out and just playing with them. I block that first. After the set in stone activities of the week, like, you know, co-op or Bible study or Josiah's trail life and soccer and all that stuff then so after I've done the set things the appointments and blocked the clean rest that's when I actually schedule my work and planning activities so that I'm not thinking I have more time than I actually do and with this comes allowing buffer time and that's just the notion it's like ample time where nothing is on the calendar so that nothing is taking longer than it should. And so if you're not running a business and it's like set work from home hours for an actual organization, then you block those first and then you'd work the family schedule accordingly, if that makes sense. So time blocking and then consistency is key, right? Try to start and end your work and homeschooling sessions at the same time each day. You know, we, we know that children thrive on routines and this predictability truly helps them know what to expect. Personally, I don't obsess about the same time each day, but rather each day of the week. So the kids know, you know, Wednesdays are Dunkin' Donut days. And so if they ask for donuts any other day, when we're out and about, it's a no. And it usually helps us avoid tears because that has been the consistent expectation since Josiah was three. I mean, Levi wasn't even born yet. And I can deviate on special days, but the reminder remains the same. Tuesday is co-op day. Thursday is park day with our local homeschool group. Friday, what do we do? Friday we rotate like a pick of the zoo or the local farm or the beach. Like whatever yours is, just communicate it at nauseum. <laughs> that is that that's the word, right? At at it's not at nausea, it's at na, nauseum. Why does that sound so awful? Nauseam. Anyways. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying. Because when you have that consistency, it's less likely that your expe- expectations are going to get misaligned, right? And that's what we talk about disappointment coming from. And then transitions. And I found that smooth transitions are crucial, like allowing for buffer times when possible between work and homeschooling to switch gears and mentally prepare is, is just very beneficial for all. And you can even use like a silly signal, like you know, a special song or a five minute timer, like whatever it is to indicate when it's time to transition. You know, for us, Josiah works well when I set expectations about what's coming up. So if a park day went a little longer than usual and his brother fell asleep on the way home and we grabbed McDonald's, like I remind him on the way home that I'm going to go inside, put his brother down for a nap, walk the dog and then meet him at his desk. And this way he's not sitting down with a toy and being disrupted when I tell him like, oh, hey, it's time to go do schoolwork. And it would be easy for me to say, like, you know, we do schoolwork at the same time every day. It's like, but he doesn't. And he's five and I got to give that grace. So I just, I, I keep reiterating and providing those signals throughout the day. And it can be tiring saying two to three, like staying two to three steps ahead of everything. But it also helps me hold me rather accountable to what I said the day would look like. And that way when something goes differently, I'm not as stressed or thrown a total wrench. It just gives me the information for, how to adjust my schedules and expectations the next time. And that flexibility within the structure allows me to keep in mind that on days like earlier in the week, when we took extra time to watch the dolphins at the pier and we were enjoying this conversation with an older man who was fishing and telling us about his homeschooling with his like now my age children, I think that like we were all good and on track and getting to ultimately enjoy all the things that I set out to do. And it's normal to wonder why, you know, having a well-organized routine is considered both necessary and beneficial. I think for both parents and our kids, like a structured routine allows you to maximize productivity during those dedicated work hours and knowing that you have set times for work and homeschooling just reduces stress and helps maintain a healthy work-life balance. It means that you aren't picking up the phone during time with your kids to check an email. And it also means saying goodnight when it's perhaps time for a spouse or a partner to take over while you're in another room during work. Like that's common in my household. And I don't feel guilty about that anymore because I've done the time blocking. I've been consistent and I've worked through those transitions. And You know, routines also provide the kids with a sense of stability and security. They know when it's time for learning and when it's time for play. And this predictability can lead to better behavior and cooperation. I mean, you'd be surprised how much you really can fit in with the buffer times and such when you include scheduled family time or breaks. It just, it fosters those strong family bonds without resentment, right? Because again, it goes back to misaligned expectations. No one as maybe expecting two hours together and getting none, it's clear at the start of the week, month, or whatever you deem appropriate for whatever season of work and homeschooling you're in, because it's not just about work and homeschooling. It's about spending quality time together too. And remember guys, it's perfectly fine to tailor your routine to fit your unique family dynamics. Flexibility within structure is key. It allows you to adapt when needed. And if you, You've listened to the other episodes. You've heard me talk about my infant sleep training analogy. And it's true because we we do it, we did it in our family because we needed and thrived on that consistency and those expectations for our evenings. But we also loved that because of that consistency, because of how much we stuck to it, we were able to be flexible and depart from it when somebody was in town or we wanted to take them to Bible study or we just had something extra going on or you know the little could go to the bigs soccer practice or whatever it was like it's that oxymoron of structure and flexibility it always sounds a little strange but it really does work and i highlight you know the importance of teaching children to be adaptable as well we also want our children to embrace change like show your children that change can be a positive thing share stories of times when changes led to exciting new experiences or opportunities in your own life like what Have you overcome that changed your life for the better? I think when we help them understand that adaptability is a valuable life skill, it not only helps them in their education, but in every aspect of life. And in the end, flexibility is not just about adjusting schedules. It's just key to fostering resilience and problem solving and a growth mindset in both parents and children. And so with that, I wanted to wrap up with a few testimonies. I asked Uh, a few of our listeners and followers who work and homeschool to just share their insights, their challenges, and advice for this episode. And I just trust you'll gain some additional encouragement and hopefully just ideas that you can implement. So Michelle is a homeschooling mom who works as a freelance writer. And she started homeschooling when her son was in the third grade. He's now 12. And being a freelance writer, like she described her work hours as pretty flexible, um, Michelle said they began their homeschooling, like as she began their homeschooling journey, she quickly realized that organization was key. And that's when they set up a weekly schedule that allowed her to work during her son's independent study hours. Cause he was right at that age, right. And focus on more interactive lessons when she had breaks. One of her biggest challenges was staying disciplined with her work hours. And I definitely feel that there. That's why I love my power planning. Um, And it became tempting to blur the lines for her between work and homeschooling. But setting those boundaries was crucial and very helpful. And I obviously completely agree with that. Um, Her main piece of advice is to create a routine that works for your family. Stick to it as much as possible. And don't be too hard on yourself when things don't go as planned. She said flexibility is essential. (laughs) Um, I laughed because I didn't pay her to say that, but it sure does fit really nice. Um, And then I chatted to... Um, A woman I've become friends with, Lisa, who said that her and her husband, Mark, are both working parents who homeschool their two children. And when I asked her what the juggling act was, she said it's definitely a team effort. And they coordinate their work schedules to ensure that one of them is available to support the kids during their homeschool hours because they're on the younger side. And she said they also make use of online resources and have a designated learning space to keep things organized because they have limited time for household chores which I also understand. (laughs) Um, But my favorite part was when she said they have regular family meetings to discuss schedules and any adjustments that might be needed. It helps them stay on the same page and ensure that the kids get the attention they need. Personally, I like how this is doubled down, how this doubles down as fellowship time together because you're not in a separate room doing schedules and doing that quote unquote work and all of that prep for the week sans, the kids, you're involving them. And you'd be shocked, like, I guess maybe not shocked at how much like they do or don't pay attention to what you say, because I'm I'm amazed at what they do pick up when I think they're not listening. And then, you know, it's just, it's magical that they can't hear the things I've repeated to them three times in a row, right? But it's, it's the idea that like, if you're together and you and your spouse or your partner or whoever is talking about plans, like, they're just enjoying the time together. They're enjoying those moments in between where they can ask a question. And if you're just being patient and having this family time and maybe sharing a few laughs, like that's what they get. So it, it it's really cool to me when they said that they make it like a family meeting because you're, you're just getting a two for one there. Um, she said the challenges they face is, you know, it can be exhausting. They've learned to prioritize self-care and take the breaks when needed. Um, she said, accepting that perfection isn't to the goal has been a game changer. And, As a recovering perfectionist, I liked that reminder. Um, it's sort of it's something that like I usually if I start something, I have to see it all the way through. It's like that obsessive perfectionist tendency. And I've learned to really let that go in in this phase season, whatever. Um because while it's important to start with the end in mind in terms of like goal setting and objectives and all of that, we can obviously sometimes get too wrapped up in like quote unquote staying the course when it's really just okay to recognize like this isn't working. Maybe you've gotten 10 weeks into a curriculum and you're like, nope, or this schedule needs to go. And it doesn't matter if I already told 10 people about it, like just adapt when you need to. Um, And then her advice for listeners was to find your support system, you know, whether that's the partner, a family, friends, and don't hesitate to seek help when you need it. And she mentioned for them that it's okay to ask for flexibility from your employer if it means creating a better balance for your family. Um, and then lastly, Emma had sent me a message with a written testimony that I just want to quote. because she wrote it really eloquently, this is, I wanted to share that finding a rhythm that works for your family takes time. In the beginning, I was overwhelmed, but gradually I discovered that blending work and homeschooling doesn't mean sacrificing one for the other. It means finding creative solutions and embracing the unique learning opportunities for everyone. I had moments of self-doubt, wondering if I was doing enough. I feel you there. Uh, She said, but connecting with other homeschooling parents and seeking advice from support groups made a world of difference. Homeschooling while working is challenging, but it's also incredibly rewarding. Be patient with yourself and your children, end quote. So I hope those examples of parents who have navigated, you know, those waters of homeschooling and working from home just serve as a valuable guide and inspiration to all of you who are either already on a similar journey or thinking about it. You know, share your experiences with us. Um, and remember, you're not alone. Like, you can find a balance that works for your family. And if this is your first episode with This Is My Generation, I definitely recommend that you go back to the first episodes. I, I sort of purposely designed it so that you can come in anytime and get something, you know, helpful and, and take those nuggets, but that it's also designed chronologically because if you dive into setting that foundation with an educational philosophy and an approach to homeschooling, um, and then go through the proper goal setting and organizational tasks like it's going to make all the difference in aligning those expectations and balancing working while homeschooling. So I hope you enjoyed. Please rate, like, comment, all of those lovely, awesome things to help this grow. And thank you for listening till next time. If this is resonating with you and you want to be free of the uncertainty and overwhelm, then hop on over to thisismygeneration.com and join the waitlist for our Harvest Program or check out our early bird special. Doors open September 25th, and myself and Dr. Katie Scott are very excited to help parents get out of their head and get in sync with their homeschool vision and plans. Our four-step process of sowing seeds of clarity, reaping the fruits of alignment, staying rooted in empowerment, and thriving in community include all the concrete ways to overcome the common mindset challenges homeschool parents face and move you into a growth mindset that will trade the uncertainty and overwhelm for calm confidence. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast and follow us on Instagram at underscore this is my generation.